0: I honestly was surprised myself. Every single person has been thankful that a new employee would have taken the time to learn how their role interacts with mine because that's only gonna benefit us down the line. And obviously everyone has their own priorities that you're melding together. So I think it is important to understand.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Marcy Bullock. Welcome back to season three of Wolfpack Career Chats, the anchor season. A, ambition. N, networking. C, compassion. H, health, both mental and physical. O, organization. And R, resilient. Enjoy the pod. Hi, Wolfpack fans. It's Marcy Bullock, and today I have Morgan Steed as our special guest. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Marcy. It's great to have you today on the podcast. And I was just noticing that it's been two years since you've been on the podcast. You are actually my first guest that I've invited back a second time. How exciting. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) I know. I know. Because two years and a lot has happened. So on episode 39, you were telling us about your life. Give our listeners a quick update on from the time you graduated NC State, what you studied and where you are now.
0: Sure. So I graduated NC State in 2016. I studied accounting, spent a lot of time in Poole College of Management. And current day, I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee and working for
1: SAS, actually out of Cary. Congratulations on this change. So you're in Nashville working for SAS. This is exciting. And There's been a couple of other cities you lived in along the way. Can you give the quick recap of what cities and what jobs you had that led you to SAS?
0: Yeah, so I started in Raleigh working for Allscripts Healthcare. Lived in Raleigh after graduation for about three years and you know just had a wonderful time. Met some of my lifelong friends, I'd say, in that job. And then I had the opportunity to transfer up to Boston to one of our subsidiary companies that was really totally different organization. They were a startup by nature that had been acquired and that job really led me into customer facing work. So that's where I've been working for the majority of my career, I'd say through Boston and COVID hit, obviously, which kind of sent me back away from Boston. And so just recently, as of last year, I decided to settle into Nashville and got a shot and have just
1: started at SAS. That is an interesting, from Raleigh to Boston to Nashville, I'm just doing that triangle on my map right now, an interesting way to navigate the... East Coast, what would you say as a comparison to these cities and why did you leave Boston? I know you're new to Nashville, but I just want to know kind of for students that are wondering, what's it like to live in these cities? What would you say? Yeah,
0: I think Raleigh was obviously very familiar and easy for me. I still have all of my family in Eastern North Carolina or Raleigh. So that was just, you know, an easy step after graduation and really allowed me to kind of take a step into adulthood that prepared me, I think, for the move to Boston. So I had been itching for change for quite some time. And when I found that opportunity up in Boston and decided to apply, it really felt surreal that I was going to pack up all of my things and move. It was like 16 hours away or something like that by car. And I think my parents were also a little bit disbelief that I did it, but I knew one girl in Boston, I'd met her through a study abroad trip through POOL. Which was incredible. And she still lived and was from Boston. So she kind of became my family there. I think it stretched me in like every way possible. I had a lot of very traditional Northeastern I'd say issues. I had mice in my apartment at one point. I walked everywhere, which I absolutely loved. I commuted to work by foot. And it was just such a cool time of life to, you know, to call friends, listen to podcasts, and didn't have my car, like really stretched me in a lot of ways. But when COVID hit, it just, you know, took a turn. Everyone knows cities kind of shut down through COVID and there just really wasn't much for me there. Flights weren't as easily available to get home. So it made sense for me to relocate back near home.
1: I am very interested in that story. So for a lot of students, like you were saying, it's really comfortable to stay where you went to college or where family might live, but you just branched out, took a risk, (laughs) the mice in the apartment, that's interesting. Yeah, things that happen in the city that maybe were a little different and getting adjusted to all the things, being an adult. And then with the pandemic, now you decided, it sounds almost like you've gotten back in touch with your own values of what's important to you. And is that perhaps some of the motivation to get back to the South?
0: Yeah, I think Nashville is just a city that I've always been so intrigued by since college. And I really was struggling, I'll be honest. I think at this point in life, I'm, oh gosh, five plus years out of college, a lot of my friends have scattered and i found myself in really digital friendships. I say all of my friends are from Asheville, to pennsylvania to you know various parts of north carolina so there wasn't really a city in specific that i needed to move back and have my community i knew that i would have them digitally wherever i went but nashville was a lot more familiar culturally it felt it does feel a lot more like north carolina and it's easily accessible to get home via a quick flight or if you want to make the drive so yeah i don't know i I didn't really know anyone coming here either knew of two people that were here and kind of just and building community as I go, which It's always interesting, but I feel like this is going to be a longer term fit than probably the
1: others. Figuring it all out. And thanks for being vulnerable about struggling with just missing the connections that you had in person with people and just making a decision to be in a vicinity where you can't have your flights and be in another place where you might be happier. So now it's new. You got this job at SAS. Did they basically say you can live wherever you want? They
0: did. I was so impressed with my interview process. I'll say I'd looked for a while. I had been with Allscripts slash Careport, which was the startup company for a total of five years, five and a half years, I think with my career. So other than just moving internally positions, I had not, you know, moved into a new company. So I was really intentional in my search. I didn't want to just make a jump for the sake of, you know, promotion or higher salary. And then regret my decision because I really found that setting root somewhere. And having that deep network is really important. So I found an opportunity through an old coworker at SAS. And I just found that the interview process was so much more focused on cultural fit, um, you know, talking obviously about my job experience, but in general, they could not have been more accommodating. And it was never really a question. I mentioned that I lived in Nashville and From then on, it was expected that I would be remote full time.
1: This is so interesting for our listeners because they're coming out into a whole new world. Our 2022 graduates, basically some will be hybrid, some will be remote. And in your situation, you are 100% living wherever you want, doing this job that involves you being on a screen all day. What is that like? And is this what you pictured the work world to be? You don't have little coffee chats in the break room or anything.
0: Yeah, it is different. So I started my career in an office of large size. You know, Auscript has a tower out in North Hills, several floors. I moved to a very small, maybe 30 person office in Boston, Worked there every day. And I've always had a schedule through both of those positions. I had a schedule where I'd work in office Monday through Thursday and then remote on Friday, which was really nice. I could go home. I could go somewhere for a weekend and have an ability to take that Thursday night flight, which, you know, made it a little cheaper, easier. But transitioning to fully remote has definitely had perks, being such as I was able to go down to Florida for a month last year in February when, you know, it's pretty chilly. Everywhere else but Florida. So, a friend of mine who was also remote, we were able to just rent a little condo and take advantage of snowbird specials and live and work together. And we just biked and walked. It was such a wonderful time. But I definitely find myself in the day to day, I do miss some of the office interactions. Like you said, even if you don't work with people, you get to know everyone in an office when you're going to a cafeteria or even people from the mail room. Like, I truly miss having those interpersonal relationships in some ways. And I think having roots back to North Carolina through SAS is something that I, again, intentionally did because I would love to, at some point, probably get there. Maybe
1: down the road, I don't know. Yeah, this could be a stopping gap before you move back into the actual culture of uh, being in the same geographic location and walking around the hallways and I don't know, playing ping pong in the break room. It seems like there's all these visions people had of tech companies years ago. And now these tech companies have been like, well, you can live wherever you want. And I think a lot of people are saying what you are saying too, which is now I'm kind of missing the impromptu opportunities to brainstorm And we'll see where that leads you. One thing I wanted to ask you about too was about negotiating salary. So this can be a really tricky thing for people when salaries are not posted and it doesn't say this is how much you'll make. And I actually saw that in New York they have passed a law where you must give a salary range when posting a job. And I hope that goes nationwide. What was that like for you? Yeah, I feel pretty passionate about this for Just women in the career world, I think
0: there's quite a bit of research where women are typically going to ask for less than they probably do deserve just to, again, not put themselves out of competition. But as far as transparency goes, I think It's really important to do your research. Like everyone says, go to LinkedIn or Glassdoor, I mean, and look up similar positions, similar salary ranges, even if it's at a different company, you need to know the industry standard for the role that you're getting into. And then through the interview process, like you said, it's really important to give or to ask for a salary range rather than give one. So if you have the ability to say, you know, salary is important to both of us, but I'd love to hear the range for this position that's going to give you a much better starting place than you giving a range and then them leaving where you are. So sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but I think that's your best bet for it if it will. And then from then on, after you've had your first job, even in your first job, I not negotiate in my very first job. And After talking with coworkers, I regretted that. And so this obviously was an opportunity to kind of redeem myself in some ways, but it all has to weigh together, you know, vacation days, the benefits you're going to get versus an office with being in office or being remote. I know some companies will give like a stipend for your Wi-Fi or your desk setup, things like that to consider putting those all into the bucket when you're talking about final numbers is really important.
1: That's such good advice. And I completely agree with you, especially for women, any marginalized groups. A lot of times it's, "Ooh, I'll take whatever you give me. And to be able to advocate and know your worth and have these dollar figures and ask for it, you don't lose anything by trying to do that. So thank you for letting us know that that worked for you. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you do with this new job. You've been there a couple of months. How do you feel like you can get adjusted to a new city, just socially and connecting with your coworkers when you are virtual?
0: Yeah, so this one has been, like I said, my first true new company in about five years, which has been really different. I feel like I had an internal network that stretched wide and deep and kind of new people from the Raleigh office, from the Boston office that I had connections with throughout my career. And so this is truly a brand new start, both personally and professionally, I guess I'd say. And I think one of the things I've learned is just, it's important for you to the first step and reach out. Obviously it's easiest if someone comes to us or sets up a meeting with us and says, hi, You know, I want to get to know you more, but I found especially through my new role that taking the first step to set up individual meetings with people on my team or other teams that I'll be working with has been the most beneficial because then I already have that small interpersonal connection with them. So that when I'm, you know, deep into client work and needing help with something, I already have that basis and just
1: understanding how their team is going to work with mine. Thank you for sharing that. You had to take that initiative. And I think sometimes people are maybe a little bit intimidated to set up these meetings. How have you found that people respond when you ask them, you know, to have a Zoom tea and just a little chit chat? Every single person,
0: I honestly was surprised myself, every single person has been thankful that a new employee would have taken the time to learn how their role interacts with mine, because that's only going to benefit us down the line. And obviously everyone has their own priorities that you're melding together. So I think it is important to understand folks from the technical team or the education team and just saying, you know, what are your priorities and how do you find best when a customer success manager is working with you, what are your best practices, that sort of thing.
1: That is so bold, but also not that bold. It just sounds bold to do it. But then once you start it, everyone wants to collaborate. And that's, I think that's really great to hear. All right. Our last question is our time machine. So we're going to go into two decades into the future. We're going to be in the year 2042. So you get to calculate who you will be at that place. What advice would you give to yourself now? So now your older, wiser Morgan Steed gets to talk to the 2022 Morgan Steed who's just started this new job. What do you need to hear today?
0: I guess just in general, not even just professionally, I would tell myself to risk it every single time. You're never going to find out if something is successful until you at least take a first step forward and try And I think that's a lot easier said than done to look at your dreams and your hopes and saying, you know, what steps am I taking to actually make these a reality? That's been pretty hard for me, I'd say, in my 20s, is that I, I consider myself a bit of a dreamer. But when it comes to taking the steps, I'm like, am I actually working toward that specific goal I've had or has that goal shifted? So I think making an actionable plan sounds really simple, you know, in theory, but it's something that I've personally been working on. For example, beginning of this year, I made a vision board for the first time where I actually sat down and colored and used stickers and just like kind of used that creative side of my brain that I hadn't in quite some time. And having a new job this year was on that vision board. So I've kind of seen the fruits of that labor and just actually like manifesting things to happen come true this year. And so I'm going to try to keep that practice moving forward.
1: Fantastic. Put it out into the universe and it will come to you. What a success story. Good luck to you and your new job, Thanks Marcy and thanks for having me again.